0: This is just a little introduction and then we'll look at uh, what the Bible says about gifts. Look at Philippians 2:13. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. You all see that? Uh, so here's my question, is God working in you? Is God working in you? One of the things uh, one of the books that I read on spiritual gifts, this guy hates what we just did. He he can't stand spiritual gifts inventories because he says those are based on talents and abilities, not on the Holy Spirit. How many of you have ever heard someone teach it that way? That, That the gift of the Spirit is something that comes separate from your natural abilities. Well, we're going to look at what the Bible says about that, but let me say this. God can do anything He wants in you. Look with me at 2 Corinthians chapter 11. I want you to see something. The Apostle Paul, obviously, when we break these things down, he would have had the gift of the teacher, the gift of the prophet. The prophet is very black and white. You all agree with that? Right and wrong, black and white. It was so funny when I was talking with the teachers about this test, uh, the the class teachers, um, Brother Farrier said he doesn't like always and usually. He doesn't like those words. Most prophets love always and never. Isn't that interesting? It's just it's temperament. It's the person that God made you. Um, and there's not a right or wrong. We need, we need all of the people that God has created to be a part of the body of Christ. Amen? We need all of those gifts. But the Apostle Paul was a very right and wrong person. He said, if you don't believe what I believe, I'm going to kill you. When he was Saul, is that what he did? If he found somebody that didn't believe in Orthodox Judaism, he killed them. Now, how many would agree that that's pretty black and white? But look at what God had him do. Look at the way... I want you to think about the way that the Apostle Paul is describing the ministry and his testimony. All right, look at verse 23, 2 Corinthians eleven twenty-three. Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool, I am more. In labors more abundant, in stripes above measure, in prisons more frequent, in deaths oft. Of the Jews, five times received I forty stripes, save one. Thrice I was beaten with rods. Once I was, stone, was I stoned. Thrice I suffered shipwreck. A night and a day I have been in the deep. In journeyings often, in perils in water of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils by mine own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and painfulness, in watchings often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and in nakedness. Okay, look up here at me. How many of you if you saw that job posting on monster.com or saying, sign me up. Right? That's what God called him to do. But look at what he adds to that list. How much do you say that list is not good? Look at what he adds to the list. Verse 28, Beside those things that are without, that which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches. So for Paul, the idea... Of wiping somebody's nose? Of dealing with a little struggle? He puts that in the list with torture. How many of you find that very interesting? What's going on here? How many of you think that God still expected Paul to care for those churches? Yeah. Was Paul gifted to do that? No, kill them. That's what Paul wanted to do. And yet, you would not be here today, sitting in this church, if Paul had not allowed the Holy Spirit of God to use him. I probably said that wrong. God would have used someone else to accomplish it, because God's purposes would have happened. Amen. But God chose to use the Apostle Paul, who, listen, was not equipped for that job naturally speaking but God worked in him to will and to do of his good pleasure amen as your pastor you saw that my grade for mercy was 9 am i still supposed to comfort people that are in trouble counsel people that are hurting and so how can i i can only do that through the lord through the lord dalton robertson some of you don't know him he's he's my best friend in the ministry um, he pastors in Florida. Dalt's real emotional. You know, I, I was in his church one time. Somebody's given a testimony about something happened on the mission field. Dalt's sitting on the front pew just weeping. You know, and he looks over at me and I'm thinking, what? <laughs> <laughs> we're just different. We're just, he calls me a robot. <laughs> you know, we're just different. We're, we're built differently. But let me ask you this Does God expect Dalton Robertson? To maintain truth in His church. Does God expect me to maintain mercy in Grace Baptist Church? Of course, absolutely. So this concept of spiritual gifts, it's so interesting. But let's be careful that we don't confuse um, what we think are abilities and what God has gifted us to do. So we're going to look at that and try and figure it all out. So let's do this. Let's look at what the Bible says about gifts. What the Bible says about gifts. Look at Acts chapter 2. We looked at this verse in Sunday school. Acts chapter 2, verse 38. First of all, Jesus sent the gift of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says, Then Peter uh, said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, the gift of the Holy Ghost. The only way that you can get the Holy Ghost is because Jesus Christ has given Him to us. That's an amazing thing. So you have the gift of the Holy Ghost who came Himself, the gift of the Holy Spirit. The apostles are chosen in Matthew chapter 10. They're not empowered until Acts 2. They're chosen in Matthew 10. They're not empowered until Acts chapter 2. Remember what he said in Luke chapter 24. uh, uh, Remain, or abide in Jerusalem, tarry in Jerusalem, until ye be endued with power from on high. When did that happen? When the Holy Spirit came down at Pentecost. So they're chosen in Matthew chapter 10. They're empowered with the Holy Ghost in Acts chapter 2. What did they get? The gift of the Holy Ghost. Uh, John chapter 14, the Holy Ghost which is with you and shall be in you. When did the Holy Ghost indwell them? Acts chapter 2. So you have the gift of the Holy Spirit. Then I want you to see the gifts that God gave to the church. The gifts that God gave to the church. Look at Ephesians chapter 4. I missed something that I had written in my notes, and that's this. There's much confusion in Christianity over spiritual gifts. How How many of you would agree with that? All right, we're going to try and clear some of that up. Um, Ephesians chapter 4, look at verse 7. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. All right, so God's given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Now that he ascended, what is it? but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth. He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens, that he might fill all things. I think it's funny that whenever you see someone teach this passage, they skip verses 9 and 10, that parenthesis. You'd be amazed at how many commentators, they just go, huh? And just lift it right out of the text, don't even talk about it. This is so simple. Jesus Christ died on the cross. How I many believe Jesus died on the cross? And what he said was, they said, so, show us a sign that you're the Son of God. Jesus said, I'll only show you one sign. It'll be the sign of Jonah. As he was in the, the belly of a whale for three days and three nights, so shall the Son of Man be in the heart of the earth. So what did Jesus do? He descended into the lower parts of the earth, into the heart of the earth. And what did he do? He led captivity captive. That's what the Bible says. Paradise and hell were there in the... Belly of the earth, in the heart of the earth. And they could see each other. Remember the rich man and Lazarus? Rich man, he's carried into, into hell. Lazarus into Abraham's bosom. And the rich man sees Lazarus afar off. And he says, Father Abraham, send Lazarus to dip his finger in the water and cool my tongue, for I'm tormented in this flame. He could see him. They could see each other. Jesus Christ, in between his death and resurrection, went and preached the gospel to the souls in prison. That's what it says in 1 Peter chapter 3. So he goes and preaches the gospel to these people in hell. He tells those in paradise what they had missed. Remember, it says in Hebrews chapter 11, these all died in faith, not having received the promise. They didn't have any idea what it was all about. Jesus went and told them. And then he took paradise to heaven. And when he did that, he gave gifts to men. What is it? But that he descended. He's also the one that us... How many of you believe he ascended into heaven? Well, then you've got to believe that he descended first into the lower parts of the earth and led captivity captive. Why do you believe that, Pastor Jim? Because I just read it. It's right here. The people get real squirrely on that text. I'm not sure. I don't know what that means. I think it just means what it said. Right? It's not difficult. It's not complicated. Now, he gave gifts to men. What gifts did he give to men? Now, we have to understand this. These are not characteristics that were given. These are people that were given to the church. How do we know that? Look at what it says in verse 11. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. I read one list of spiritual gifts and... Some have the gift of the apostle, and that gift is that they're able to, to go out and spread the gospel. Some people have the gift of the prophet, and that's where they're able to understand scripture. Some people have the gift of the evangelist. They're good at leading people to Christ. That is not what this passage is teaching. This passage is teaching very clearly that God gave chronologically apostles to the church, apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers. These are not characteristics. They're people. Right? How many of you are apostles? If you raise your hand, we got a problem. Because Jesus Christ said to the church at Ephesus, you have tried them which say they're apostles and are not, but are liars. Somebody tells you they're an apostle now. Jesus said they're liars. Jesus said as a church, you know what you're supposed to call them? Liars. Liars. And all the prophets said, amen. Amen. All the mercy people said, oh. So it's very clear. That's what the Bible says. What is a prophet? What is a prophet? A prophet is somebody that wrote the Bible and spoke the Scriptures before they were written. We don't need prophets anymore in that context. We don't need a person to speak the Scriptures before they're written. Why? They've been written. All right? What's an evangelist? We call them missionaries. They go and plant churches. That's what a missionary is, and then pastor and teacher. The pastor and teacher, there's no comma there. It's the same office. A pastor's supposed to teach, but he's not only supposed to teach, he's supposed to shepherd and guard, protect the flock. That's the office of the pastor. Those are gifts that God has given to the church. For what purpose? Well, we continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. That's what the Bible says. The churches, the Bible says, are built on the foundation of the holy apostles and prophets. So our church is built on the foundation that Jesus laid through the apostles and the prophets. The apostles are the ones that Jesus Christ sent out to establish the churches, and then we built. The, they spoke the scriptures. Now, are the scriptures are built on the apostles who wrote the scriptures? The apostles. They're built on that, and now that's that, that's the foundation for the church. Amen. And so now the evangelists and the pastors and teachers, we build on their foundation. What does the Bible say? Other foundation can no man lay than that which is laid, Jesus Christ. That's what, that's what we do. That's our job. So in the church, he gave these offices, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. Those are the gifts that God gave to the church. Then if you look at the verse 12, here's why he gave them. For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. All right? So God gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers to the church To perfect the saints to do the work of the ministry. So what's everybody supposed to do? The work of the ministry. Just those who have the gift of ministry? No. No. All the saved people are supposed to do the work of the ministry. Amen? Now, how many of you have heard of the Pareto Principle? Anyone here heard of the Pareto Principle? One person. Anyone else? All right. Here's here's what it says. 80% of the people do 20% of the work. 20% of the people do 80% of the work. How many of you in your job would agree with that? Right? You have the workers and the slugs. Right? You have the people who are doing their job and other people who are collecting a check. Do you know that we have that in the church too? We have people that they love God, and everybody in here, I think, loves God, but it's only about 20% of the people who actually do the work of the ministry. What is the purpose of understanding your spiritual gift? To get all of us to do the work of the ministry. Amen? Okay, Chad and I are going to do the work of the ministry. The purpose of understanding the spiritual gifts is to get everybody to do the work of the ministry. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. Now, Those are the gifts given to the church. Now, what about the gifts that are given to people? What about those gifts? There are three kinds of gifts. Sign gifts, speaking gifts, and serving gifts. Sign gifts, speaking gifts, and serving gifts. Let's look at the speaking and serving gifts first. You say, Pastor, where where would you find that? Look at 1 Peter chapter 4. Look at verse 10. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10. As every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do it as of the ability which God giveth that God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Now, we may come back and just do a message on that particular text. But what I want you to see is there are ministry gifts and there are speaking gifts right here. So how many of you, honestly, you're not interested in standing up in front of people and talking? Okay. How many of you, that, that doesn't bother you. You don't mind doing that. All right, so I want you to think about something. All of us who raise our hands have a place in ministry. Amen? Here's what we think. You know, Maureen sang a beautiful song uh, she played, and then Pastor Nathan played. And I watched Pastor Nathan play the guitar, and I think, man, I wish I could do that. It's, he taught himself. It, it, he, he makes it look so easy. Of course, he has, you know, three feet long fingers, that helps. Ichabod Crane hands, you know. Um, that, uh, <laughs> Mercy. Um, but I, I sit up there and I said, I wish I could be a part of the music like that. I'd like to be able to to play like that and sing like that. Any of you, when when so, you're watching something like that, that goes through your mind? Yeah. You know, I, I know what we're supposed to be saying. Lord, God, thank you for giving him that gift. I say, why can't I do that? (laughs) It's interesting, isn't it? It's interesting. Um, But here's what we begin to think, that those are the people that minister. The rest of us sit and listen to them minister. That's that's completely opposite of biblical Christianity. God gave them those talents that they're, they're supposed to use for him and praise God that they do. Amen? You know, um, I'll give you an example. You know who I found out has an amazingly beautiful voice? Lady Gaga. (laughs) I heard her do a duet with Tony Bennett. I couldn't believe it, the way that she could sing. I could not believe it. Now, how many of you want your young ladies to model themselves after Lady Gaga? How many of you people don't know who Lady Gaga is? Would you raise your hand? (laughs) I think that's funny. Okay, now listen. Where did she get that voice? From God. From God. And she's not using it for ministry. So praise God that Maureen is using her voice. Pastor Nathan is using his ability for ministry. Carol up here playing the piano. Nick playing the guitar. These people, they're using their gift... For God. And that's a blessing. I, I'm thankful for that. But you know that God has gifted you for ministry just as much as, as He has gifted them for ministry. The other thing is this those people who are up here playing the, the instruments and singing, they're still supposed to reach out and minister to other people in the very hands on, physical part of the ministry that the rest of us are supposed to do. Amen? That's what we are all supposed to be doing. Okay? So, you have speaking gifts and you have uh, ministry gifts. And as we go through the uh, seven gifts, we'll talk about that. Now, let's look at the uh, sign gifts. Let's try to get an understanding of the sign gifts. Most of the confusion in in Christianity is over this concept of sign gifts. So look with me in um, Exodus chapter 4. Now, when you're studying the Bible, this concept of first mention, the principle of first mention, it really helps you to understand um, what, what God's going to do with that. The first healing in the Bible, the first healing in the Bible is here in uh, Exodus chapter 4. And I want you to notice something. Exodus chapter 4, and look with me at verse 6. And the Lord said furthermore unto him, put now thine hand into thy bosom. So he's dealing with Moses. And he put his hand into his bosom, and when he took it out, behold, his hand was leprous as snow. And he said, Put thine hand into thy bosom again. And he put his hand into the bosom again, and plucked it out of his bosom. And behold, it was turned again as his other flesh. So he has leprosy, and then the leprosy is gone. And it shall come to pass, if they will not believe thee, neither hearken to the voice of the first sign, that they will believe the voice of the latter sign. Who is Moses? Why did God give Moses these signs? So Israel would believe him. This isn't for Egypt. This is for Israel. This is so the Jews will believe that God has sent him. Why would God give Moses a sign to reveal his authority to the Jews? Look at 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. What book in the Bible is given to Christians who are abusing sign gifts? 1 Corinthians. All right? So look at 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Look at verse 22. For the Christians require a sign. Oh, did I read that wrong? What's your Bible say? The Jews Jews require a sign. Moses, who was Moses leading out of Egypt? Who did God give Moses the sign of this leprosy and the ability to, to, to have it removed? Who did He give that as a sign for? The Jews. So they would believe that he was from God. The Jews require a sign. Look at Matthew chapter 16. I'm sorry, Mark chapter 16. Mark chapter 16. All right, so Jesus Christ is sending out his apostles... Uh, after his resurrection, look at what it says in verse 17. Mark 16, verse 17. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils, they shall speak with new tongues, they shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. So then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. And they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. Amen. All right, so where did they go preaching? They began preaching in Israel, and God gave them these signs and wonders to follow the apostles. How do we know that it was for the apostles? Look at Second Corinthians chapter 12. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Now, numbers in the Bible are fun. How many apostles were there? The 12 apostles, right? Do you see your, do you see your uh, reference here? There's 2 Corinthians twelve twelve, And look at the subject matter. Now, I don't know that that means anything. It's just very interesting to me. But look at what it says. Truly, the signs of an apostle were wrought among you in all patience, in signs and wonders, and mighty deeds." The signs of an apostle. The signs of an apostle. So when we talk about sign gifts, the other term that's used for those gifts are apostolic gifts, or the gifts of an apostle. So that's limited to those who were apostles. And if someone now says they're an apostle, they are not. They're a liar, and Jesus tells us to call them that. Okay? Liar, liar, liar. Pants on fire. It's in the Bible. Now, look with me at Hebrews chapter 2. Sign gifts. Sign gifts. Who's the book of Hebrews written to? Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 2. Look at verse 3. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard Him? Those are the apostles, right? God also bearing them witness, both with signs and wonders and with diverse miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to His own will. All right, so who were those first people that spoke the gospel to us? Those are the apostles. Those are the apostles. God gave them signs and wonders and miracles, these gifts of the Holy Spirit that are sign gifts for the apostle. And they were signs that were given to who? The Jews. And let's see. How many of you understand that there are people today who are seeking for these gifts? Is that right? How many of you know people that, 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 that they're looking for these gifts? Right? We just looked in our Sunday school hour at the apostolic church and they teach that it, you're not saved unless the Holy Ghost comes upon you and you speak with other tongues. If you don't speak with other tongues, you're not saved. How many of you would then not be saved? Isn't that interesting? What is that? That's another gospel. That, that, that's, a, that's a false teaching. It is not found in the Bible. Um, now, look with me at... Matthew chapter 16 we understand that there are people that are seeking for these gifts these sign gifts Matthew chapter 16 verse 4 the Bible says a wicked and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign How many of you think that maybe we should stop seeking for signs? What did God give us? The Word of God. The Word of God. So how do we balance this together? You know, we could spend spend weeks and weeks just talking about the misunderstanding of the signs of the apostles. That's not what this study is about. This study is about what has God actually given to us. Amen? I'm going to spend more time on that than I am on the error. But... Before we could teach that, we needed to understand that there are three different kinds of gifts: sign gifts, speaking gifts, and serving gifts, ministry gifts. And if you are saved, God has given you a speaking gift or a ministry gift or both. Everybody that is saved has that. And then the Bible tells us how to do it. There's something else that I want you to see. By the time we get to the book of Romans, this time of miracles is past. There's no mention. There's no mention of these sign gifts in the book of Romans. They're not there. The book of Romans was written after 1 and 2 Corinthians were written. So that transition time is over. The apostles are gone. That's it. You end up with John the apostle as the last one, and he can't heal himself or deliver himself. He's on the Isle of Patmos. Why? Why? For the testimony of Jesus Christ. He's just there, waiting. He's waiting. What? Why? That time of healing was gone. When Timothy was sick... When Timothy was sick, did Paul heal him? No. No. See, we have to understand. And and when you look through the church epistles, when you look at what's going on in the book of Timothy, people are sick. They're falling away. All this is happening. Why? Because the gifts of the apostles are gone. So what are we supposed to do as believers? What are we supposed to do? Well, now what we're supposed to do is find out how God has gifted us and begin serving in the New Testament church. All right, now, it's time to be done. But let me say this. Let me ask you this question. How many of you have ever gotten a gift and forgot to open it? Right? You've done that. You know what? You know what? Here's, here's the one that probably most people have experienced. How many of you have gotten a gift card and you put it away and you find it later? That's awesome. I mean, that's like that's like cha-ching. That's really funny. Or fun. Now Here's what's going to happen when you begin ministering. You're going to find out that God gave you a gift, you just haven't opened it. We're not talking about simply abilities, all right? But God did give you abilities to use for Him. So now, let me me clear one item up and then we'll be done. And it's this. There are people who believe that the, the gifts of the Spirit, these seven gifts of the Spirit that God gives those to you at salvation and they don't have anything to do with your natural abilities. All right? I don't believe that. I don't believe that. I believe that God created all of us for His glory and for His purposes. Y'all agree with that? We're spiritually dead until we're saved. When He saves us, we become spiritually alive And those things that He gave us can now be used for Him. Here's why I believe that. Go with me to 1 Peter chapter 4. Verse 11. If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do it as of what? The ability which God giveth that God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. God gave you abilities that He expects to be used for Him. Amen? I'm just telling you, Glenn Beck, God intended Glenn Beck to be a preacher of the gospel. He's an amazing communicator. God intended Rush Limbaugh. You, You name the radio personality that persuades millions... God gifted those men, but those gifts are not being used for him. They're not being used for him. I wonder how many people Glenn Beck has drawn into Mormonism. Amen? You see, God gives abilities. Those abilities are designed to be used for him. Can you imagine what God could do with uh, Glenn Beck? who had the Holy Spirit of God in him and was speaking the truth. But do you know what the blessing is? Y'all ready for this? Not many mighty are chosen. Not many wise. But God has chosen the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. Do you know what other verse is in that same chapter? The Jews require a sign, but the Greeks seek after wisdom. You know what's wonderful? Uh, there just aren't that many preachers who are great thinkers. Why? Because when someone hears the truth of God from just an ordinary person, who gets the glory? God does. Isn't that wonderful? How many of you here would call yourself, I'm just an ordinary person? Welcome to the ministry. That's what God has ordered. But then, do you know what God does? God takes ordinary people. He supercharges the ability that he gave them. And other times, he gives them abilities that they didn't have. Let me give you one example of it, and then we'll be done. Chad Hollinger got saved, what, two or three years ago? Three years ago. Where are you, Chad? You're supposed to be up here. Okay. Um, a while back, I was talking to Chad. And he was giving his testimony or something, and he was getting a little teary. And he said this, I never cried before I got saved. What did God do? God gave him a tender heart at salvation. I love that. God does amazing things for people. Uh, Brother Bob Maxwell, before he got saved, drinking and smoking and all of those things. He wanted to give up smoking. He got saved, gone just like that, wasn't it? How many of you wish that God would do some of those things for you? It's God's will. God chooses what He does. That's that's His business. Amen? Amen? But expect Him to do amazing things for you when you surrender to Him. I love that. You never know what God's going to use you to do. You never know. What do we call that? Giftedness. When you look in the Bible... We looked at the verses in in 1 Peter 4, 9, and 10. You'll notice the word gift and the word grace. The word gift and the word grace. It's the same word, the same root. It's the same word, grace and gift. How many of you have received God's grace? Amen, that He's gifted you. He's also gifted you for service. Take that gift and do something with it. We're going to be looking through this study and... We're going to be learning what to do with our gifts. If you weren't here for the testing, we have those before you as you leave. Make sure that you take the testing. Find out where you are in that. And then watch what God does in your life as He develops those things. But you know those gifts? They don't come until you're saved. They're not active for Him until you're saved. Are you saved? Have you placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ alone for your eternal life? If you haven't, none of the rest of the conversation matters. First thing you need to do is get saved. Trust Jesus Christ as your Savior. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this study. Thank you for the ability to know the truth.